and uh, didn't want to get anybody else sick. Thank you. Come on. Don't act up. I know I have my sermon in here. <laughs> I just have to find it. I do have it backed up on paper just in case, though. And it says it's not responding. Now it is. Okay, there we come. <laughs> Just a little slow. Quit being so slow. I'm used to it being faster. It's not doing as fast as I want it to. Close the program. I'm just going to go to the paper. Just in case. Right? Ta da! I've got my Bible right on my cell phone. Do it that way. You always got to have a backup when you got technical difficulties. <laughs> well, now we got it in hand. Okay, I'll bring it up here. Well, let's pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the blessing of being here to worship you. Help us all to learn what you want us to from this sermon. Please don't let my voice get in the way or my mind, or anything else. Please use the Holy Spirit to speak what you want spoken so that we can each learn from this. <clears throat> and I ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. I have a little bit of bronchitis. So the last time I gave a sermon, I had one of those aha moments, right? During the sermon. And I came so close to saying, Wow, I never saw that before, right in the middle of my other one. So I had to say, no, not now. i got to finish the one I'm giving. But when I have one of those moments, first I have to go, like everybody else, we have to go make sure it's actually coming from God, seeing what we're seeing is actually what, you know, it's, it's what we're supposed to see. So I went and I checked it out. And everything checked out. Then the next thing I always see is I've discovered there's two kinds of what I think are two kinds of revelations. There's the one that is given to you for your personal walk with Jesus Christ that applies to maybe what you're going through at the time. 
I don't think those are necessarily to be shared with everyone else because they might not get it. That's not at that moment. Then I had to, then the next thing you have to figure out is this: this the one you received to share? So I went through, and this one seems to be one that I'm supposed to share because it is about Jesus. And what I was looking at, and maybe some of you have already noticed this, but it was an aha moment for me. And all the sermons I've heard about the whole armor of God, I've never heard this. I've always thought that the whole armor of God is what I'm speaking about today. It was a what? But it's not. The whole armor of God is a who. If you read each one of those, you can see the whole armor of God is who? It's Jesus Christ. And that was my aha moment. It was like, wow, I haven't seen this. I've never seen that before. So I want to start out in Ephesians chapter 6. And verse 10, and we're going to read about the whole armor of God. See, one of the questions I had, and I've had this for years, how can I, as a human being, put on something that is spiritual that I can't see? I'm a physical human being. And it does say to put it on with prayer, but if you're praying, am I putting it on? That was one of the questions I had for, for a But when I had this moment, I thought, oh, it's Jesus. He's putting this on me because he is in me. And it says the, in verse 10, in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. So we're supposed to be strong in the Lord. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, we physically can't stand against the devil. It's impossible for us. Only Jesus can do that. So that was the, that's the moment I thought, how can I stand against the devil's schemes? It's Jesus that's actually doing that. He's done it, and he continues to do it. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. So flesh and blood has to do the battle. I mean, not flesh and blood. Jesus has to do the battle for us because it's not against flesh and blood. but against the rulers, against the authorities, and against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil and heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Well, there isn't just one day of evil. That's a constant thing. Evil is a constant thing in this world. It's not just one day. You may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. 
Okay, now, in verse 14, we see, Stand firm, then, with a belt of truth buckled around your waist. Now, this is the part I thought, okay, I think that's describing Jesus. Who is truth? Well, let's go to John chapter 14. John 14, verse 16. John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. That wasn't the one I wanted. I wanted to, uh, yes, I don't know how I got 16. You're right, thank you. It says, Jesus answered, I am the way, and he is the truth. Jesus is the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So John 14, 6, not 14, 16. So you put on a belt of truth, Jesus is truth. So you're putting on Jesus. The other interesting thing I thought is, why around the waist? Why the belt of truth? Well, I found out back then, they thought your feelings were in your stomach and your intestinal system. So you're, you're feeling truth. Well, we still use um, comments like that, like, I have a gut feeling. That's That's... That kind of thing, you end up putting it around your your, your uh, intestinal system. You have a gut feeling, but they, you you put on the belt of truth. Jesus is truth, so that part of the armor is is Jesus. Then we go down to the breastplate of righteousness. And we got to go back to Ephesians. Chapter 6, verse 14. With the breastplate of righteousness in place, okay, the breastplate of righteousness is the next part. We go to John 17. going to be a lot of scriptures this time because I get a, I'm showing for each part of the armor it's Jesus which like I said to me was an aha moment that answers a lot of my questions about how how I can put on this whole armor one of the questions I still haven't answered is why, why, is the, why isn't the helm of salvation the first thing listed? Now, I didn't write it, but if it was me, I would have wrote that first because you have to accept salvation to receive Jesus. But I, that's just me. 
John 17, verse 25. I think I got it right this time. <laughs> Righteous Father, through the world, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order, in order that you that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. So the righteousness of God is Jesus and Jesus is in us. So the breastplate of righteousness covers our heart. Our heart is the love of Jesus. He comes into us. So he's the breastplate of righteousness. There's another part that's Jesus. Now, we can't have righteousness without Jesus. Jesus gives us our righteousness. None of us is righteous without him. So when it talks about the breastplate of righteousness, since none of us is righteous, it has to be Jesus. Every one of these is spiritual, and every one of them is Jesus. So the, bre- the, the armor of God is who, not what. It's not what we put on. It's who we believe in, who we worship. Then we go to Ephesians chapter 6 again, back to the whole armor. And we come down to chapter, I mean, verse 15. Fitted and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. The gospel of peace. Hmm. The gospel is Jesus. The good news of the gospel is the salvation that comes from Jesus Christ. Then I'd like to go to Isaiah chapter 9. And verse 6. He is also called the Prince of Peace. That's one of his titles. So we know the gospel of peace is the gospel of Jesus Christ about himself, the Prince of Peace. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For us, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I went, wow. Again, that part of the armor is Jesus Christ, not a what, a who. I thought, why didn't I see that before? I know other people's have I haven't. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> I was stunned. 
when I saw that. It's so much fun that after years, all of a sudden you see this, you read the same thing over and over and over, and when you're not expecting it, kaboom, <laughs> boom, right in front of you. I wasn't expecting it, and I'm talking about something else. I had to stop. Oh, wow. I think I actually said it in the middle of the sermon. I don't know. Back to Ephesians. We're going to go back and forth, like I said. Next we have the shield of faith. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. Now I looked and looked and looked and I couldn't find specifically something that said like Prince of Peace, so we know or Gospel of Jesus or you know, that had to do with faith. But we can't have faith in Jesus without him. He gives us our faith. Like the song we sang, he goes before me. He's a God of angel armies. He's the shield of faith going before us. He covers from head to toe all the way around and he encircles us and he's the shield of faith. We have faith going behind him that everything is going to be okay. It might not always seem like it at the time, but he's got us shielded around. And if we stay ducked behind that field, that faith, and keep him around us, it'll all work out. Well, for instance, I was having you all pray that about whether I got that job or not. I didn't get the job, but most important, I wanted you to pray that I had the right attitude. I felt great about it. I had the faith to know that if I was supposed to have that, Jesus would have given it to me. And it wasn't because I had faith, it was because he gave it to me. He gave me the faith to know that. By surrounding me with himself and with all the faith that all of you have. That's how he surrounds us. We join him in that faith in that circle. I'd like to go to Genesis chapter 3. Verse 26. Oops, I think that was the wrong one. I hope it doesn't go. Where did I get that from? I got the one there wrong. I know that wasn't right. Nope. Because <laughs> it only goes up to 24. <laughs> I do that typoed oh well maybe the Holy Spirit was trying to teach me something else and I missed it <laughs> let's see let me see here Okay, Romans, I, I, I don't know how I got Genesis there, but 
That's not Romans for sure. <laughs> the Romans 10, 17 is what I wanted. I'm like, how do I get Genesis down there? I have to go back and read. Maybe I'm supposed to be seeing something else, but I doesn't even, that's not even in there. <laughs> Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Consequently, come, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is hearing through the word about Christ. So we can't have faith without the message, which is the word of Christ. Jesus is the shield of faith. We can't accomplish anything in this life as Christians without him protecting us and going before us and around us and behind us and cleaning up after us because <laughs> we messed up all the time. And when he comes behind us, he's forgiving us of the, of the goof-ups and the sins we've committed. He goes before us to clean up any path and maybe warn people we're coming. I don't know. <laughs> Here she comes again. <laughs> Next comes the helmet of salvation. Again, Ephesians 6. In addition, see, in addition to all, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And since we can't exchange, we can't extinguish, see, this is one of the verses that used to perplex me. I thought, how can I extinguish the fiery darts of the devil when I can't see him? He's, he's, he's from another realm. How can I? And then, then when I had that moment, I realized Jesus is the one extinguishing the flames of the arrows of the, of the evil one. Not me. He's going around making sure I don't get a, a, fr a frontal attack, a surprise attack, an ambush. Like I said, he's all around. He's all around all of us doing that. Constantly. And when we pray every day, we don't have to go individually down through and put these, like I always thought we had to put each piece on. When we accept Jesus as our Savior and pray to him, he takes care of all of that already. And verse 17 Take the helmet of salvation. See, I always thought that one should come first, but like I said, I didn't write it, so what do I know? <laughs> to me, it made sense because you have to accept salvation to receive Jesus. But Take the helmet of salvation. Acts chapter 4. Now, our spirit, as far as we know, is in our, we, we always think of it, our soul or our spirit in our head. 
The helmet of salvation is when, when, we, when, Jesus, when we accept Jesus, the Holy Spirit comes in and combines with our spirit. Then we have the helmet of salvation on. We've been saved, and Jesus is the one who saves us. Okay, actually I want verse 12, Acts chapter 4, verse 12. But it's uh, better in the context, I think. Verse 8, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness, shown to a man who was lame, or being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stand before you, healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Now this verse 12 Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. So in order to be saved, we must put on the helmet of salvation. And therefore, the helmet of salvation is Jesus Christ. Because you can't be saved any other way. Satan will attack your spirit. You will remain unsaved because you know no longer you do not have a helmet of salvation from Jesus Christ on your head protecting you. So once again, that part of the armor is Jesus Christ. Then we come to Ephesians 6 again. I don't know, I have to keep saying that, I probably don't. You already know that that's where we're going. <laughs> we come to the sword of the spirit. It says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of spirit, which is the word of God. Well, we all know the word of God is Jesus Christ. So the sword, which is a two-edged sword, which can be used for defense and offense, is Jesus Christ. We go to John 1.1. 1, 1. John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Says it all right there. 
So, therefore, the sword of the Spirit is Jesus Christ because it's the word of God, which is also the Bible. There's two sides to the sword, and Jesus Christ is this one edge, and the Bible is the other, because they're both the word of God, the inspired word of God, one for us to read and one for us to pray to. That, that sword is used also not just for attack. Jesus doesn't do that, just that. He uses that sword to straighten us out. When we need correction, the word of God corrects us. So the sword isn't just used for one thing. That's, that, that sword is used, the sword of the spirit uses thing is to correct us too. Puts us on the straight and narrow path so we don't go wandering off. It guards us. Like the, like the um, that, that, that's where Genesis chapter 3 verse 26 came in. I mean, it was supposed to be 24. It was supposed to be down here on the sword of the spirit. The sword is guarding the way to the Garden of Eden. Well, God, God uses his sword to guard us from evil. It guards evil from entering us along with the, along with the shield. I thought, Why do I have that scripture down here? First of all, it isn't a scripture, a wrong one. Now I know why it's in the wrong place. The, the, the um, sword of the spirit, the angel guarded with a, fiery, with a fiery sword. God guards us. He corrects us. He defends us. He's the word, he's the sword of the spirit. Let's see if I can find that. Now that I want it, I might not be able to. (laughs) That would be uh, just about. Yeah, there it is. Genesis 3.24 not 26. Now's when I want it. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way to the tree of life. The tree of life is Jesus, but he has a sword guarding us because he's the sword. He's the spirit of the... He's the spirit. He's He's the sword of the spirit about to yell at my phone. I can't talk to my phone. <laughs> I'll tell it to quit buzzing. <laughs> I have it on vibrate and it started to buzz. Probably heard it. Okay, now I know why I had that scripture down there. I thought, I know that's down there for a reason. And then we're supposed to say, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Because when we pray, we're talking to the word, Jesus. He's covering us with the whole armor, not only on the outside, but he's in us and it's from within. The armor comes from within us because he's in us. It's not a, just a, 
piece of armor that's put on outside of us that can be taken off. This armor can't be taken off. Once we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, he's not going to take the armor off. The armor's on the inside of us coming through on the outside, projecting. And we don't do it. We, aren't the, we can't put the armor on. He does. The only thing that we do is we pray to him. We converse with the word. He converses with us through the Bible and some of the time through revelation and visions and the voice that you hear. There's different ways that he communicates with each one of us depending on our relationship with him. But we all have the armor, and we each have, we, the, all parts of the armor can be strengthened through prayer, because that strengthens our relationship with Jesus. Even though it looks, excuse me, like we're putting the armor on, he's actually done that already. We just have to keep in contact with him. Every day, constantly. Prayer should not be morning, noon, evening, the formal prayers. But we should have a constant conversation with our armor. We are the armor bearers. He's the armor. The armor is not a what. The armor is who. And that's Jesus Christ. As I can, you can see through this, each one of these shows you that it's Jesus. So like I said, when I had my aha moment, this answers so much for me. I always had a difficult try time trying to imagine how I was supposed to put on something I couldn't see. How can I quench fiery darts of the devil with something I can't see? Now I know it's not me, it's Jesus Christ in me. I'm the armor bearer and he's the armor. We all have his armor on when we're Christians. So we're bearing the armor on him. I mean, he's on us, and we, it's, in, it's in us. It's in us, around us, on us, and projects through us. And we can share with one another through prayer, which strengthens and brings that all in one solid communion with God and with one another. So, as I said, the armor isn't a what, it's a who.